Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 123 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in studio by my co-host, as always, the editor-in-chief, the founder, the president of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. Um, and 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 listen, we, we've had such a, a busy week, uh, lots in the news. We had a great pre-show uh, talking yeah. about a lot of this stuff. <laughs> and much of it doesn't have to do with uh, the Montreal Canadiens, actually. Uh, we talked about uh, the, the uh, Hextall... Uh, yeah. Burt combo going to to Pittsburgh and and uh, boy, there's there's just lots and lots of hockey news, including including the return of the Laval Rocket to the ice last night. Yeah, uh, and they're playing this afternoon as uh, as we're recording. Yeah, as of right now, they are playing, and uh, Chris G has got you covered for Laval Rocket coverage, and Amy Johnson with the AHL Report. You're gonna follow, gonna want to follow their coverage all season long of the Laval Rocket. They uh, bring you very close to the team. And yeah, Rick, it's it's exciting to see the Laval Rocket back in action, back in action last night, back in action again today. But yeah, Rick, you touched on it there with, uh, the I think, the Hextall-Burke news. And we were discussing, as you said, before the show, that sent shockwaves around the NHL. And it's interesting to see these two old school guys who have an appreciation, as, as we both know, for uh, the old school game, some fighting. <laughs> Indeed, uh, the, the the truculence, right? Yeah, uh, that's that's, that's the, the that's the word that's attached to Brian Burke, <laughs> and and uh, it would fit uh, just as well with uh, Ron Hextall as as uh, well. Uh, not, uh, yeah, like their teams that uh, are able to get into the fisticuffs. Yeah, and speaking of the fisticuffs, Rick, we should say that two of the sport's most respected fighters step back into the octagon. This weekend to compete for the welterweight title, DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering new players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. You just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend. 
DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Um, so, Rick, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, going to be quite the weekend. <laughs> and, Indeed it is. And we do have some more information, by the way, if you are interested in DraftKings coming up in the third segment. So you're going to want to stick around for that. Um, but, Rick, we should get into the show and into the Montreal Canadiens as we do every week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. And Rick, uh, when we last spoke, uh, things were, you know, starting to go off. Maybe there was some panic amongst Habs fans uh, this week. Uh, yeah, a little bit more panic, I would think. The Montreal Canadiens last week, we were on a little bit earlier because they played that afternoon Super Bowl weekend game against the Ottawa Senators in Ottawa. And they actually won that game 2-1. to one. Uh, Josh Anderson with the game-winning goal. And, and things felt like maybe they were trending back in a positive direction for the Montreal Canadiens. They had a little bit of a, of a, of a break in play before they got back into action against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Wednesday night. And it was a tight game. Josh Anderson got the the Canadians on the board first. Um, And then it was a tight game um, all the way through until the third, where the Leafs sort of busted it open with two quick goals. Thomas Tatar made it close, but Zach Hyman scored the empty netter. It was a 4-2 loss at the hands of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and life did not get any easier for the Montreal Canadiens the following night with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in town. The Canadiens were shut out on the second night of a back-to-back. It was not a positive uh, two games for the Montreal Canadiens, and if you want more information on how all those three games shook out, go to allhabs.net. Rick Stevens has written post-game reviews recaps on all of them uh, some quotes from the players coaches and, and other information that you're going to want to seek out over at allhabs.net but rick um not a very positive week in terms of gaining that momentum back for the montreal Canadiens. It, it, a tough week and um many fans are saying wait a minute what what happened here yeah <laughs> um and and uh the team that was number one in goals uh well over four four goals a game that's that's come back down to earth a bit and canadians struggling uh with their offense uh as well as the the defensive side yeah. you saw the you saw the leafs who you expect to be a powerhouse offensive team just shut down the canadians as far as um, as far as uh, they played an excellent uh, defensive game, reminding us all that, uh, um, you know, it's something that I've been saying since the, the beginning of, of the season. We're going to talk about this more in our big topic segment, but uh, the Canadians' defensive game still needs some work, and uh, uh, we knew the offense was, was going to dry up. We knew that it was going to get uh, a little bit tighter, and I think the Canadians are uh, experiencing that right now. Yeah, um, things have have not gone their way as of late, and it really started. You saw the signs uh, in the first game against the Ottawa Senators where they got bogged down in that game against the Senators, and um, really since then they have not been the same team. Um, So we're just going to have to wait and see. But as you said, Rick, we will be discussing uh, what exactly is going on with the Montreal Canadiens in the second segment. Uh, But before we do that, Rick, uh, we got some 
other news to get to. And uh, I wanted to touch on this because my weekly column up at allhabs.net uh, with my three stars of the week, my third, my first star of last week uh, was Shea Weber. And uh, it had to do with him being a, a guy that has played over a thousand games now. But also with his just level of compete that we have seen, the leadership that he shows all the time, and even in times like this when things aren't going well, you know that you're going to get the most out of Shea Weber. And uh, that, to me, um, has been something that has, I think it should provide a little bit of comfort for Montreal Canadiens fans, knowing that they have Shea Weber to try to lead them through this, uh, this very rough period. And it's not only during games, it's, as you said, in the locker room. We know yeah. he's he's one of the team leaders in practice. We talked about this uh, before, how he's seen that, that the Canadians uh, were maybe a little bit uh, lackadaisical in practice, and, and he ramped up the yeah. intensity in <laughs> practice. Uh, I think that's been the common complaint about uh, Montreal uh, in this little stretch, the last four games where they haven't played very well, is their lack of urgency. And uh, you can bet that Shea Weber is going to contribute to that urgency uh, tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Absolutely. And you know that Shea Weber, you know, listen, there was the talk last week uh, for the quote from Paul Byron and Claude Julian, good teams don't lose twice in a row. Well, they just lost twice in a row, so you're going to need to have a good performance tonight, and Shea Weber might just be the best guy to lead them uh, to that victory. But, Rick, we got some roster news to get to, and we'll start with Yoel Armia because we have not seen Yoel Armia since that first three-game set against the Vancouver Canucks. And, of course, he was injured uh, with a with that hit from Tyler Myers, and he had concussion-like uh, symptoms, was out of the lineup for a spell, but he returned to the lineup against the Leafs. And, Rick, even though the performance overall from the team left a little bit to be desired, I thought Yoel Armia looked great, and it was great to have him back. The versatility that he provides, the speed, the possession game. You know, I thought Corey Perry did a fine job in his place, but Yoel Armia was playing great hockey when he went down, and he just kept doing that against the uh, – kept that up against the Leafs and the Oilers. Great to have him uh, back in the lineup uh, beside Jesperi Kotkaniemi. The two of them obviously have uh, some chemistry. And and yes, as you said, uh, he was dominant on the boards, uh, plays that possession game, uh, protects the puck really well, digs the puck well. um, And so it was great to have him back in the lineup. Yeah, and so with that, with the return of Armia, though Corey Perry was in the lineup against the Leafs because Paul Byron was out, uh, but Corey Perry is now sent down back to the taxi squad, which is sort of the chain of events that you sort of uh, figured was going to happen. <laughs> That's right. And he was getting close uh, to that uh, yes. magic number of games uh, played where he'd have to go through waivers again. The Canadians wanted to avoid that for now. Back to uh, the taxi squad. But remember uh, this: uh, these paper transactions where they send the younger players to the uh, to the taxi squad, and I should say it's not a paper transaction for the guys who get sent because yes. they get docked pay. Yeah. Uh, but um, the Canadians have been accruing uh, salary cap, and uh, at some point, uh, very soon, I think. Uh, remember, they've got some roster spots open, and so they'll probably be able to add uh, Corey Perry to the roster. Um, and uh, and and be able to carry him uh, that way, and and uh, Claude Julian will have the option to insert him when he sees yeah. fit, um, as well, rather than juggling him on and off of the um, the taxi squad, because 
um, the, obviously, uh, he's fit in really well, and the Canadians don't want to lose a player of his caliber. Absolutely not. And yeah, I mean, that would be a far more ideal situation uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, just have him occupy a roster spot because, of course, yeah, they do have uh, some room to work with there. Uh, but Rick, one thing that we saw uh, in the games against, uh, it was the latter part of that game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it's something that we have come to expect from Claude Julien uh, when things are going well, even you know when, when things aren't going well, but even sometimes when things are going well, uh, that he will get out the blender and try to figure it out that way. And <laughs> he did that in the latter part of the Leafs game, uh, but it carried over to the Edmonton game where you had Jesperi Kotkaniemi uh, have a new winger on his left uh, with Tomas Tatar and Toffoli, Tyler Toffoli, up with Philip Deneau. So a little bit of line juggling there to try to get the Canadians going. It did not work against the Oilers <laughs> on the second night of a back-to-back, I should add, but it, it didn't work uh, that game. It didn't, and and that blender, just on low speed for now. Yes. Yeah, just one <laughs> flip. Uh, but uh, obviously the intent is to try and get Phil Deneau going, who's struggled on... Uh, with his offensive game, still doesn't have a goal, and and um, and struggled has been struggling with his defensive game. So putting the top uh, Habs goal scorer up on that uh, on that line um, to try and, and spark him that didn't happen, uh, unfortunately. But you can see the 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 thought process there. Unfortunately, yeah. it, it may have disrupted some of the chemistry uh, that uh, Kock and Yemi and and uh, Toffoli had. Um, had established up until that point yeah and i mean that's the risk here ron when you've when you're you know sort of trying to get one line going in particular you fool around with something else that has worked although the maybe diminishing returns of the last couple games for Tofoli with kotkaniemi on that third line but you could say that about the entire team you haven't gotten that type of performance out of uh, the montreal Canadiens forward group that we saw at the beginning of this season and as you said off the top maybe that was something that you uh you should expect to happen. But uh, regardless, they tried it out against the Oilers. We'll see if they continue to try different things, try tinkering around a little bit uh, ahead of this game against the Leafs tonight. Uh, Rick, just some really unfortunate news. Uh, Charlie Lindgren, um, injured in practice <laughs> by Carey Price. <laughs> by Carey Price. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that, is not, that is not actually uh, something that happened, but Rick, uh, elaborate here. <laughs> well, uh, listen, we, we know that, uh, uh, that, char- that, the, that teams have been mandated to carry a third goaltender. That third goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens uh, is Charlie Lindgren. And Charlie Lindgren um, actually has a big role to play. Uh, we know that, that Jake Allen is there to um, give Carey Price some rest, but uh, Charlie Lindgren is there. Uh, to take the tough shots in uh, in practice, so that Carey Price doesn't have to, and he can work uh, with one on one with Stefan Wade on some drills. Uh, well, uh, Charlie Lindgren uh, took a, one of those shots um, in practice on Thursday morning uh, from uh, Carey Price, who was without equipment. He was just skating around. We know that Carey Price has a pretty good shot. Yeah. Uh, but this wasn't one of Carey Price's best shots. Uh, a wrister. <laughs> Uh, that got up uh, to the shoulder and uh, maybe close to the ear, but uh, yeah. uh, Charlie Lindgren played it for all it's worth and uh, went to the ice in a heap uh, <laughs> and wasn't getting up. And Carey Price came over to help him up, and and it was just 
uh, Charlie was laughing, Carrie Price was laughing, and and uh, a bit of in in the midst of of uh, maybe some uh, uh, tough games for the Montreal Canadiens, a, yeah. a light moment, and uh, it was nice to see the the interaction between uh, Charlie and Carrie on this one. Yeah, and it's easy when things aren't going your way to sort of to for the vibes to not be as good as they were when they were going good. <laughs> but you need to keep that type of that type of uh, mood up. And it's good to see that the Canadians are doing that. They're not getting down on themselves because it is, even though you're a quarter way through the season, it's a 56-game season this year, uh, <laughs> even though you're at that mark, there's still a lot of time left to go. And right now you're just in the midst of a bit of a, of a tough spurt. But it, it, could, uh, it could go back to being uh, going in the Montreal Canadiens' direction soon. So best to keep things light. Uh, Rick, we will move on because we've got the Habs prospect report. And Rick, we'll start with a guy who we we heard his name get drafted in the in the 2020 draft just a few months back. Uh, Sean Farrell recorded his fourth straight three point game on Thursday night. The Sean Farrell that Cole Caulfield referred to as a steal for the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, you said that right. His fourth straight three point game. Um, leads the the C, uh, the USHL in in scoring 55 points in 27 games, uh, more than a two point per game pace. Wow! Um, yeah, he's uh, <laughs> uh, 18 goals, 37 assists. Uh, he's got 18 assists on the power play. Um, so he, they're tearing it up. And and I should say Chicago in the US, USHL. Is um, they 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 won the game um, uh, the other ga- the other night against uh, Des Moines five to one. But Chicago has four of the. I'm looking at the USHL um, scoring lead, and Chicago has four of the top five scorers in the league. With Sean Farrell being right at the top of that, and uh, as you said, for a fourth round draft choice for the Canadians in in 2020. Uh, Cole Caulfield thinks it's a steal, and it, he's looking to be uh, yeah. right, correct in that point. <laughs> it's a name you might want to keep track of going forward, Sean Farrell, who, uh, yeah, as you say, has been tearing it up. Uh, but, Rick, we will move on because there's another guy the Canadians drafted in 2020. It was the first-round pick, and it was Caden Gooley, who we saw play for Team Canada at the World Juniors. Um, he left practice early on Thursday. Of course, he's with the Laval Rocket. Uh, he left practice early on Thursday with a minor injury. Now we saw him on the bench in the introductions in the the uh, the, the, the Rockets' first game last night. Um, uh, Joel Bouchard, in uh, his interview, said there it's it's a minor injury, nothing dramatic. I think was the word that uh, Joel Bouchard said. Um, and uh, but Caden uh, Gooley has really impressed Joel Bouchard uh, in in uh, uh, training uh, in practice. Uh, he was asked. Uh, uh, how he's been doing and he said uh, how has he been doing since the start out of 10 I would say 12 um, <laughs> so very impressed with Caden Gooley and uh, of course uh, one of those CHL players that gets to play in the AHL as long as he doesn't have uh, anywhere else to play uh, in that special agreement uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see if he gets into uh, the lineup and he can overcome uh, this uh, this minor injury that's uh, that's bothering him Absolutely. And you're going to, yeah, that would be, that would be great. It would be great to see him in game action with the rocket before uh, whatever, whatever happens next. Uh, if he gets another place to play in the Western Hockey League, we, we will see. But 
Um, we'll see what happens. But Rick, we should say, as you noted, the uh, Laval Rocket season is underway uh, with a big win last night over Belleville. So you're going to want to check out AHL Report, uh, the great coverage from uh, Chris G, our friend Chris G, our friend and colleague, as well as Amy Johnson. You're not going to want to miss their coverage of the Laval Rocket as the season unfolds. And of course, you've got some guys that you're going to want to keep track of. Yes, he alone and last night uh, got some high praise. <laughs> wow, he looked good. Um, yeah. Amy Johnson on the coverage last night uh, for the opening game. Uh, and uh, yes, he alone and um, was, uh, yeah, he was he was on a line with Joel Teasdale and, and Joseph Blandisi. And, and Joseph Blandisi said, I have never had in, in any game uh, that many scoring chances, and it's because <laughs> of Yessi Alonen. Uh, Yessi Alonen is a, a remarkable uh, playmaker, a good skater, um, and and he's very uh, such a humble guy. Because uh, yeah. uh, Amy Johnson on the call asked him how his first game was and and how he feels he's doing, and and he said, uh, you know, I got to work on my defensive game a little bit, which is <laughs> is is a defensive game is terrific. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, a good start for the Rocket. A good start for Yessi alone. And uh, Flurry had a good game. Ryan Paling played uh, a, a very good game last night. Uh, he's he's not in the lineup today. He has a a, a little bit of a minor injury, uh, but he looked good. Uh, Blandisi had multiple goals. Um, uh, Lucas Vedemo I thought was good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Caden Primo, obviously, uh, solid, uh, Corey Schooneman is a guy you want to keep an eye on, uh, a new name maybe to, to many of you, but, um, not, not much uh, pushback from the Belleville Senators last night, 5-1 victory for the Rocket, um, might be a different story. And remember, yeah. the, this is a, a four game series. So, uh, Belleville is in town till next Friday, I believe. Uh, and uh, so they'll have four games uh, and a, a, a quick turnaround with an afternoon game today after an evening game last night. So uh, the AHL is uh, is compressed as well this season. Yeah, I'm sure Troy Mann is going to get his guys going for this game today. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you'd, you'd, you'd absolutely expect that. But Rick, we will move on because uh, we did have a story this week um, in Le Journal de Montréal. Uh, Rajon Tremblay had a column, and um, it uh, it was a source of controversy. Um, and it's a conversation that we have almost what on a on a yearly basis. I mean, it's even more than that. It's a pretty frequent conversation that we have when the conversation of the Montreal Canadiens and how many French players they have. They should have more French players. They should be so. That was basically the premise of this column. Was a political science student saying the Canadian sh- the Canadian's core should speak French. Yeah, it was um, uh, Annick Brosseau, a, a political science student, um, and, and she wrote a column that was um, uh, printed um, in the Journal de Montréal. And, and it, I mean, the majority of it was, was just uh, patently false. Um, she talked about Carrie Price and Shea Weber never uttering a word in French in the last 14 years. All this kind of stuff. It, it, was, it was garbage. Uh, but um, Réjean Tremblay, a columnist with uh, Journal de Montréal, um, he just uh, doubled down, tripled down. And, and listen, we know Réjean Tremblay. Um, he has said some awful, uh, terrible, uh, bigoted things in the past. I don't know why he's still writing for Le Journal de Montréal, uh, but this column was just uh, offensive. 
Um, it was xenophobic. Um, and the things that he said, um, it, it, it was worse. And we're, we're not going to get too far into this. Uh, but, but we should say that, he, you know, he referenced one of these radical um, Francophone groups. We know that, that those groups do have an impact on the decisions of the Montreal, believe it or not, uh, on the Montreal Canadiens. We saw that with um, uh, years ago with Imperative France, uh, uh, Francois, the, the, the group that, uh, radical group that uh, forced the Canadians to apologize for the hiring of, of Randy Cunningworth or the promotion. Yeah. Uh, we saw uh, them going out of their way last year to uh, apologize for putting Kirk Muller in place. Uh, reasonable because in, Claude Julien couldn't be there. Yeah. All of these things, um, there are forces at work to influence the hockey team, um, and it's it's up to us to say that's wrong. Uh, this is this is about merit. This is about um, you know putting in place uh, players who are capable of winning, uh, putting management in place that are capable of winning, and all of this political stuff and, and, uh, and language controversy is, is nothing more than a distraction by groups who really, at the base of it, aren't, aren't hockey fans. They're just trying to use a yeah. popular vehicle in Montreal to, to um, advance their uh, political motives. And... and um, I'm 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 disappointed in what Rajon Tremblay wrote. Obviously, uh, as 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 everyone is, and I'm I have to say I'm a little disappointed in the Montreal Canadiens that uh, they didn't issue a statement uh, denouncing uh, what was said. Um, anyway, uh, our our good colleague like uh, Jean Lou uh, or uh, or even Nick Suzuki uh, have the yeah. right to be offended by what was uh, what was written, and uh, we just want to be on the record that uh, there's absolutely no place in sport for uh, for garbage like this. Absolutely not. And and look, without getting in, in depth on, on that, because as you said, it was terrible. Um, it was just terrible. But this is the conversation that we had back at the in the bubble. We had a similar conversation. We have conversations like this with the Montreal Canadiens quite a bit. And the one thing that I've always maintained is that it is hard enough in professional sports to win without putting these unnecessary constraints on yourself as to how you can do it. So, look, if the Montreal Canadiens go out and find an Alexi Lafreniere or something like that, if they are able to bring in somebody with that type of talent that happens to be from Quebec, that's perfect. That's lovely. You want that. But to say that they, that they need to have a core group that is Quebecois and regardless of whether or not that's a good team or not, I mean, that's, that's just, yeah. And that's not even getting into the utter garbage as you spoke to, um, that, that has everyone up in arms and rightly so. Um, but yeah, Rick, we'll, we'll move on from that. But, um, yeah, just a conversation that we do have quite a bit with the Montreal Canadians, as you talked about the external pressures for the Montreal Canadians to, to have uh, francophone uh, Quebecois people associated in their organization. Um, so, Rick, we'll, we'll move on to one of our favorite segments. Not an easy segue to make, but uh, one of our favorite segments here on this podcast. They said what? And, uh, Rick, as we talked about, not an easy week for the Montreal Canadiens. And we got a couple clips, a few clips, actually, uh, from the Montreal Canadiens this week. We'll start with one from Brendan Gallagher because, you know, we talk about the goal production drying up a little bit. 
And Brendan Gallagher is a guy that uh, makes his living in the crease, getting some of those, getting to the dirty areas and getting those goal, those goals. And uh, he talked about the Canadians needing to be more effective near the crease. You know, I feel like at times it's probably a little bit too much one and done. You know, obviously teams are doing a pretty good job of competing in front of their net, but where where the goals are scored in this league, we just got to do a better job in there. Find ways to, um, you know, get inside body position, get our shots through. It's, you know, the, the difference between scoring goals and not in this league is, is such a fine line. And when you're going in, they seem to, you know, they seem to be habits for you. And right now they're not going in for us. I think you just have to get back to, to simplifying the game. You know, win your battles in front of them, find a way to outcompete someone and, and whack one home. You know, it's it's as simple as that. I think uh, we get back to doing those things and uh, the goals will start to come for us pretty easily again. So when uh, the team is is uh, in a bit of a, a slump, as it is, uh, losing uh, three of four, you go to the veterans and you, you listen to what the veterans are saying publicly because... Uh, there's a pretty good chance that the same message is being delivered to uh, teammates in the locker room. And Brandon Gallagher is saying a couple of things there. The first I thought uh, was important, uh, we're just one and done. That is, shots from the outside, and we're not getting there uh, to get the rebounds, and that's how goals are scored. Goals are scored from in front of the net. Uh, We've got to do a better job in front of the net. And um, he said we have to compete better and we have to win battles. Well, uh, Brendan Gallagher was guilty uh, himself, um, along with Phil Deneau and and Ben Sherratt against the Leafs. uh, When the the Canadians got pinned in their own zone and uh, uh, we saw uh, uh, Deneau get stripped of the puck, uh, Gallagher getting stripped of the puck as they tried to clear the zone and it eventually led to uh, um, a uh, a Leafs goal, um, and so competing harder, uh, doing the little things, uh, but especially in those difficult areas, uh, was the message from uh, Brendan Gallagher. Yeah, and and he's got an authority on on talking about getting to the front of the net, that being where the goals are scored. Another guy is Corey Perry, and uh, he touched on what the Montreal Canadiens need to do. No, I, I mean, I think you saw saw most of his shots, but you know they played they played a solid defensive game. Uh, you gotta give credit when when uh, when they play well, but uh, I think we we can be better at uh, you know limiting our turnovers and and playing that uh, that that game down low and uh, and getting to the front of that and crashing the front of that because you know every goal you, you see where they were scored tonight. I mean, in that five ten foot area of the crease, and uh, you know you have to go there. It's a bit of a theme. Um, yeah. <laughs> he was talking about Frederick Anderson being able to see uh, most of the shots, and, and, and that's true. So it's not only getting uh, and, and, and uh, getting position in front of the net for rebounds, but it's also to take away the eyes of, of the goaltender. And um, he said, you have to go there. That's part of the game. It's going to hurt. It's going to, but you have to go there because that's where, that's where the goals are, are scored. Yeah, we saw, I mean, Corey Perry paid the price earlier this season, taking a shot to the wrist, you know, like that's 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 the kind of thing that's going to happen. You're going to get some friendly fire from time to time. Uh, but yeah, it's it's the place where you uh, you you get a lot of goals and Shea Weber touching on that right here. Uh, I think we got to get inside against them. Uh, it's the same kind of thing that uh, we've talked about over the, the past few games. He's, um, you know, those were all the goals are scored in the, the middle of the ice in the crease in front of the net there. You got to get in front of goalies. Uh, the teams have good goalies and defense do a good job of clearing out rebounds. So we've got to fight to get position and, and use our size in front to, to make a difference. The Canadians now do have some size. They've added some size. 
um, and and it's important for them to to use it to uh, again. Yeah. This is obviously a message that they're talking about in the locker room is they have to do a better job of getting inside, going where the goals are scored. Uh, and sometimes, as you said, uh, with Corey Perry getting hit, uh, Paul Byron got uh, a puck to, yeah. to the ear uh, the other night. But it's, it's, um, that's where you have to go uh, to get the goals. That's where you have to, to be to, to disrupt the goaltenders. Um, and that's what the Canadians have to get back to is working hard uh, in order to um, it, it. You know, it's it's not just uh, goals from the rush here. It's it's uh, fighting for position and getting those dirty goals. Yeah, teams were always going to play. They were going to figure out the rush. You needed to be able to back it up with some goals uh, off of of you know pressure in, in the other team's zone, and they haven't been able to do that. And uh, part of that is not getting to the front of the net. Um, but Rick, we'll move on because we do have some news to get to around the NHL and the Montreal Canadiens were in the middle of a story, uh, Thursday night, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, forward, their forward, Jesse Pugliarvi, he tested positive for COVID-19. You had, uh, Miko Koskinen sit from that game as a precaution to that. So waiting on all the other test results and all the other information to come through, the Habs-Oilers game on Thursday was delayed an hour. And this was all sort of, um, you know, it was a fluid situation. And, um, you know, you sort of wondered if the game would even be happening, if they'd have to make it up at a later date, what what exactly that would all sort of lead to. Uh, but they ended up playing the game and everything went fine. And the Montreal Canadiens didn't have anybody on the next day or the, the days to come that was added to COVID protocol. So... Everything seems to be okay. Uh, the Oilers seem to be all right. They've seemed to contained it a little bit. <laughs> contained the uh, the virus uh, within their with their organization. But uh, yeah, Rick, it was a very strange situation that was unfolding Thursday. And and um, you know that the thing is, we don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Incubation for these these things uh, can be. Uh, up to 14 days, so yeah. so we're going to have to circle back uh, in two weeks to see what the situation is with the Edmonton Oilers, what the situation is with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, but uh, the 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 league had uh, because of this positive test uh, from uh, Poliarvi had uh, mandated extra testing for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the rapid test. Uh, now we know that those rapid tests are a little less uh, precise yeah. uh, uh, than the than the, uh, uh, the than the PCR testing that they have been using. Um, so you know, it's you wonder the the, the buzzword uh, or the buzz phrase this this season has been out of an abundance of caution. Blah blah blah. Um, yeah. I I don't know if there was an abundance of caution. Uh, prior to that game if there was a uh, a positive test and and uh but yet they went ahead with the game um we're going to have to see how this all plays out a similar situation happened uh maybe more so with uh with the new jersey devils and then buffalo was affected and and philadelphia um the 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 league is is struggling to get a handle on this and as such um, you know, we talked about new COVID protocols last week. We got a whole new set this week that, yeah. that the league jointly with the NHLPA issued. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a rapidly 
evolving situation. And um, yeah, I can speak to that because here where I am in Newfoundland, we have now got the uh, UK variant of COVID-19 that has sort of, there's been an outbreak of that. And as a result, I had to get a test earlier today before this podcast. And everyone really is is sort of up and, and sort of concerned about, uh, obviously, as, as this sort of um, unfolds. But yeah, there's a level of uncertainty here. And especially with the way that that all played out, because Rick, this has been happening. It's not just the NHL, right? The NBA has been doing the same thing. The NFL did the same thing to get through their season. The MLB did the same thing. And those two, the last two leagues, the NFL and, and, and MLB, they did it without, they, they, they finished, they got their seasons underway and concluded without the bubble, without the bubble that the NHL and NBA used and had such great success with. So it was it was always going to be this way. It was always going to be difficult for the NHL to get through. And as we've seen two weeks now, we were talking about expanded COVID protocols. And as far as the expanded protocols, uh, we'll, we'll just touch on a few of them uh, that they're going to look, uh, particularly with the U.S. clubs, at expanding those point of care tests uh, so that they don't have to be set, uh, sent back to the lab, the rapid tests. Um, they've they've issued um, uh, guidelines to uh, all the players, coaches, training staff, all staff to stay at home when they're not at the rink. And they've pleaded um, pretty pleased to the, the families uh, not to go uh, out, um, you know, encouraging them to get grocery services and, do- and delivery services and those kind of things. Uh, to stay inside the home so there's uh, less risk. They've asked the, the teams to provide uh, the KN95 masks uh, to all the players and families uh, to reduce total exposure. Uh, all team meetings now virtual um, and and uh, that that they, they have little time in the lounge, that they shouldn't spend time uh, sitting together. Uh, we talked about the glass coming down behind the bench this week. The glass is coming down behind the the penalty box, um, and, uh, and and again with the puck out uh, out of the, the, there's going to cause some problems. But they're yeah. trying to improve uh, ventilation. The other thing that and you referenced the the new uh, coronavirus variant. Uh, they're going to implement some uh, genomics uh, sequencing to try and 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 key in on uh, whether it's that new variant that's uh, that's going that's causing a problem uh, presently in the the NHL. Um, but all of this is, um, I mean, it's got to be on the minds of players. And yeah. uh, we heard Ben Sherratt talk about it uh, this week. You have a family at home. You think about it, it enters the back of your mind, but you trust that the uh, protocols are in, in place to, you know, keep everyone safe. You know, you have to have faith in in those and trust that they wouldn't put anyone uh, anyone in harm's way. And that's what you have to believe in. You have to believe that they have your yeah. best interests and your your the health and safety of not only themselves but uh, their families. Uh, um, so. Uh, the, it's 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 tough. It's tough for players, um, but uh, we we heard that from from uh, Sherrod. We heard that all a similar message from Paul Byron. We know he's a little bit more plugged in than most because he's a player rep uh, yeah. and is getting a bit more information. But it's it's uh, it's something else that the players have to be concerned about uh, in this shortened season. Yeah, it's a it's obviously a, a very difficult spot to be, and you you have concerns about your own safety, but yeah, of course, uh, the safety of your of your loved ones as well. So, 
Uh, we'll just have to see, as you said, it, it could be, yeah, it could be two weeks before we find out exactly um, if there were anything, other cases that were associated with that game against the Oilers. We'll just wait and see. But uh, Rick, we do have some um, unfortunate news to get to. Um, uh, Montreal Canadiens, former Montreal Canadiens forward Ralph Backstrom uh, passed away this week at 83 years old. Ralph Backstrom, uh, in those teams with uh, Jean Beliveau playing the first line, it was Ralph Backstrom in the third line, checking role, um, the glue guy, and and uh, and Backstrom uh, won six Stanley Cups with the the, the Montreal Canadiens, um, and uh, just a, a a real gentleman. Um, and uh, he went on um, after his hockey career and, uh, and founded the, the Colorado Eagles, which are now the AHL affiliate um, of the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Um, and um, he's just a, 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 you know, a, a born in a small town, Kirkland Lake. He talked about growing up and, and didn't have, his family didn't have money for hockey pucks, so he he fashioned hockey pucks out of horse manure and and <laughs> learns to stick handle that way, um, you know. Just one of those good old guys, and and uh, and 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 he's very uh, in Canadians history. Uh, Ralph Backstrom is infamous. Um, we remember the story about Sam Pollock uh, engineering uh, his way to get the first pick overall for Guy Lafleur. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he, he made that deal with the California seals, golden seals at that time. Um, the golden seals being compared to the, the Vegas golden Knights with those yeah. shiny gold hats, uh, helmets. Yeah. This week. <laughs> uh, that's a 10. Uh, I won't go on that tangent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Sam Pollock had made this deal, uh, for the number one pick and, uh, uh California golden seals were a terrible team. But their season wasn't as terrible as the Los Angeles Kings. The Los Angeles Kings were even worse. And oh no, now Los Angeles is going to get uh, the first overall pick. And uh, Pollock would be and would end up with the second pick in the draft. And he really wanted Lafleur. So what he did was arrange a trade to send um, Ralph Backstrom to the Los Angeles Kings. And at the time, it looked like a steal for, for the Los Angeles Kings. They got this guy for, for nothing. Yeah. Uh, and Ralph Backstrom was a solid player. Ralph Backstrom made the Los Angeles Kings a better team. They started winning. They moved up in the standings. California Golden Seals dropped to last place. And Sam Pollock had their draft pick to pick the yeah. Fleur. Uh, <laughs> wonderful bit of of, uh, of history and, and folklore with the Montreal Canadiens that involving Ralph Backstrom, uh, who who uh, should be fondly remembered uh, for all his years in Montreal. Absolutely, had himself a great career, um, and yeah, so. Uh, We will head to break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we're going to discuss what's going on with the Montreal Canadiens. But as we head to break, we're thinking of Ralph Backstrom and his loved ones. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, 
passionate and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at JoeWhalen19. And with me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at AllHabs on Twitter. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. So, Rick, uh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, this week's big topic. I mean, last week we talked about the brief appearance, the brief appearance, the blink and you miss it appearance for the Montreal Canadiens at the very top of the NHL. And this week the sky is falling um, and fans are wondering what is going on with the Montreal Canadiens after that red hot start to the season. Um, what's going on with the Canadians? Where's the goal scoring gone? Where have the wins gone? Uh, what have the Canadians done to to sort of hit this wall the way that they have? And, it, and as I said, it, it started with that first game against the Ottawa Senators, where you saw to see, or where you started to see, excuse me, some things creep into their game that hadn't necessarily been there before. Uh, and it just sort of snowballed. Even that second game against the Senators was a little bit, it was much tighter than you'd hoped it would be. And then, of course... Uh, back-to-back nights, back-to-back losses against the Leafs and the Oilers. So where have things gone wrong for the Montreal Canadiens? Well, there's only one. There's only one direction to point all your venom. Um, yeah. And uh, we saw it. We saw it from the media. <laughs> we saw it from the English media, the Francophone media. We saw it from fans, um, so-called fans. It's yeah. all Carey Price's fault. Um, it's uh, aim your your anger at Carey Price, and it's because he's making so much money, and and uh, that's all we have to talk about in this segment. Uh, we've solved that issue, uh, so let's move yeah, on. Yeah, let's run the credits. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this this stuff is is it drives me nuts. Um, and I said to you, there's no um, generational superstar uh, on any other team like Carey Price that uh, gets so much criticism from its own fan base. Um, We've seen uh, time after time after time again, and recently, that that, um, uh, when you ask uh, NHL players, who do you not want to face in the playoffs? It's Carey Price. Who did 
when the return to play. Who is the one player that they crafted the rules around? <laughs> it was Carey Price. Yep. Yep. And and this season, um, and, and and he had not yet lost a game in regulation. And all of a sudden, uh, the Gazette was nuts about oh uh, the the goaltending controversy and and uh, you know they're busy working out after two games the the goals <laughs> against and savers. I mean, this is nonsense. It's utter nonsense. Yeah. Uh, and and what bothers me is these people who um, you know wouldn't know a meaningful number if they fell over it, trying to explain to fans that Carey Price is having. Uh, a, a bad start to his season. Carey Price was interviewed this past week, and he was asked, and uh, and he said, "No, I, I, I'm playing pretty well, and and uh, Jake's playing great, and and goaltending's not a problem." And some of the media were horrified. Oh my God, um, what did he say? Um, if you look at the numbers, if you look at the, if you look at his play, for one. Um, and you see, uh, you see the the uh, the goal. The, uh, evaluate the goals. Um, is Carey Price the one making the mistakes on those plays? No, he isn't. There's uh, as as uh, one of the Twitter uh, uh, accounts said uh, this past week on that Leafs goal. There were four hundred thousand mistakes by the Canadians before that goal. Yeah. Um, it was a it was a train wreck. Um, uh, when the Leafs pinned, uh, pinned the Canadians in their own zone. And, and listen, um, I'm not taking anything away from uh, Jake Allen, who has been solid, a solid backup, and that's yep. what you want. Uh, but is he playing better than Carey Price? Not a chance, and that's just silly to say. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff has history, and we know that... that uh, from the French media, you know, Carey Price supplanted their their darling Christabel Huey, and and uh, and they've never let that go. On the English side, you have a guy like Brendan Kelly, who's not even a sports reporter; he's an entertainment reporter, um, and his his uh, hero was PK Subban, and he has every story since PK Subban has been traded has been about people he hates on the Montreal Canadiens. Shea Weber number 1 because Shea Weber replaced PK Subban and Carey Price number 2 because um Mark Bergevin went to uh, a select group of the the uh the core that's well known before the PK Subban trade and said, "Should I do this? Are you guys okay with this? Subban for Weber. Are you all right?" Um, reportedly, one of those guys was was Carey Price, and the in, in unanimously they all said yes. Well, Brendan Kelly has never forgiven um, Carey Price for that, uh, for not standing up and 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 saying no, don't trade PK Sue. And and this is all such nonsense now because we know that trade was the best trade that the best hockey trade that uh, Mark Bergevin has made. It's worked yep. out tremendously for Montreal. Um, both on the ice and off the ice. And um, so all of this stuff is just, you have to understand where the origins of it. But let's look at, let's look at uh, some numbers here. You look at the, the high danger uh, shots against. Um, for Carey Price, he's had more to, he's had eight starts. Jake Allen's had six. But, um, Carey Price has faced more high-danger shots than Jake Allen has. Um, 
Carey Price has allowed two goals. Five on five, he's allowed two goals um, uh, that are of the high danger quality. He's been outstanding on high danger chances. His high danger save percentage is 938, and that's uh, near the top of the league. Um, Jake Allen um, has given up four high danger goals against in a fewer number of games. His high danger save percentage is 857. It's 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 fine. It for a backup goaltender, that's all yep. you can expect. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, high danger goals above average. Uh, Carey Price is on the plus side of that. One of the best in the league again. Um, Jake Allen is a little bit uh, under. He, he gets a negative number there, and uh, and so a little bit less than than average in the league, and that's fine uh, because he's he's playing very well. Um, you look at the the average shot distance uh, for goals, um, uh, and Carey Price, his average shot distance is 26 feet. That means, um, you know, high slot kind of thing, and that there's screening in front, and that there's, uh, as we've seen, tips happening. Yeah. Um, Jake Allen, his average shot distance is half that. And so he's, he's getting, uh, you know, goals... Uh, scored on him um, six feet out from the from the crease, and and you expect that. That's that's normal. Uh, yeah. But Carey Price is making those saves on those kinds of shots. The shots that are going in are the ones that uh, are redirected or that he can't see. That's not that's not a, a guy having a tough start. That's not a guy having a bad start to the season. Uh, he's doing his job. Jake Allen's doing his job, and goaltending is the last place we should be looking for problems with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. And Rand, uh, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. That's, that's I'm fine. sorry. That, that's fine, because you had the conversation involving numbers that I'm just not uh, qualified to have. But the one thing that I do know is this, Rick, is that the Montreal Canadiens and their fans are going to be in for a rude awakening when the day comes that Carey Price is in between the pipes for the Montreal Canadiens. That, that's one thing that we know for certain because there's an expectation that with Carey Price making $10.5 million that he has to make every single save, that if he doesn't make every single save, then he is not performing up to snuff. And I understand that there's frustration about some of the goals that he's allowed, and a lot of that comes from people that when they watch the game, if a goal goes in at all, they'll just say, well, the goalie should have had that one. And there's, as you said, there's so much that happens in between the shot being taken, there's so much that happens before a goal is scored that you can't just put it on the goaltender. It's very simplistic to just put it on the goaltender. And if you look at the game against the Leafs, that is case in point right there because the first goal they allowed four on four, you discussed it earlier. Philip Deneau tried to carry it out, then Gallagher, then Sherratt, all three of them turned it over. Carey Price, he's not making that safe. It's just not happening. When you play that sloppy in front of your goaltender, you are going to get bit. There's the teams are too good. Teams are way too good. You can't give them that type of opportunity. And I've then been, you look. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, and then the the Justin Hall goal. Nobody is in the area. Nobody is contesting it at all. You have to get in his face a little bit, make it a little bit difficult. You give an NHL player that kind of time. They, they have the opportunity then to beat a goaltender clean. It's not something you often see with Carey Price, but if anybody had contested it at all, maybe it doesn't happen. The thing is that um, I've been saying 
right from the start of the season that the Canadians aren't playing good defensive hockey. Yeah. I'm not talking specifically about the defensemen. Uh, as, a, as a whole, they're not playing good, solid defensive hockey. Now, they were outscoring teams uh, at the beginning, on that road trip at the beginning of the season, and it kind of didn't matter. And so I was I was uh, preaching to the wind. Nobody wanted to listen no. uh, that they were playing bad defensive hockey. They're still playing bad defensive hockey. And we heard uh, we heard Claude Julien uh, say, you know, I don't like the way they're playing defensively. And at some point, the offense is going to dry up. And the offense has dried up so that they're not able to outscore teams. They need yeah. to be a strong defensive uh, hockey team. And and that's been the, the number one problem uh, because teams adjust. Now, listen, um, I think uh, staying away from the players for a second – uh, there's two issues here. Um, well, there's there's a couple of issues. Yeah. Um, I think expectations have been raised, unrealistically so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arpin Basu, and I, I, I love what he writes, but he wrote an article that's that was titled "The Canadians Are So Good It's Boring," and that's uh, that. You know, now people are uh, well. You know, Arpin Basu said they're so good it's boring, and and now they're shocked. And their their expectations were raised to an unrealistic level, and now they're looking for scapegoats, and that's why uh, they're pointing at the goaltending. Uh, but that was never true to begin with. Uh, there was always problems. Uh, we talked about it in in the acquisition, Joel Edmondson, and I'm not going to pick on Joel Edmondson because he's playing Joel Edmondson kind of hockey. Yeah. But was he the kind of guy that was needed for that defense core when you have a Ben Sherrod already? Um, I think the Canadians, you know, Mark Bergevin is being has been named uh, GM of the year already by by uh, Canadians fans, and he had a great off season. But I we we said at the time, and I'll quibble, quibble now. Um, they are going in; they're swimming upstream with yeah. respect to the defense core. Uh, they're they're putting a big. Um, non-mobile defense core in place when everybody else is going in the opposite direction. And maybe now we're seeing why the Canadians could use uh, another uh, puck-moving defenseman uh, like uh, Jeff Petrie. And, 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 and maybe that was if we can criticize Mark Bergevin at all. Um, if we're going to criticize coaching... Uh, Claude Julien keeps saying that other teams have made adjustments uh, that are working against the Montreal Canadiens. They've learned about the Montreal Canadiens system. They've made adjustments. Why isn't Claude Julien making adjustments? Yeah. To break yeah. that down. Um, that's I'll leave that out there. Uh, but as far as, as the Montreal Canadiens, um, number one is their, their commitment or their lack of commitment to defensive hockey. That's got to be better. We talked about it as one of the things going into the season. Their special teams have to be much better, um, and and they they haven't been. Um, the the Canadians early in the season were forcing mistakes. Now they're making mistakes, uh, and they've got to get back to to forcing mistakes. Faceoffs have been pathetic. Uh, I, uh, they need somebody, and I'm, I'm not blaming Kakanyemi and Suzuki here. They need somebody to come in and teach uh, face-offs. Uh, their intensity, their, their attention to detail, their conviction, their urgency, we heard the players talk about urgency, has to be much, much better. And their transitions, and this gets back to having a puck-moving defenseman. Yeah. The defense supporting the offensive attack has to be way better. 
Um, and and we heard Claude Julian talk about, um, you know, when things get uh, clogged down low, uh, he wants them to go back to the point uh, for point shots. And that, that hasn't really been effective. What you want to see instead is the defense pinching up and supporting that attack uh, and some rotation uh, in, the, in the offensive zone. So all of those things, I think, are are things that need to be improved, but it has to start with defensive hockey. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And and listen, there was one thing that came out of this week. There was one quote uh, from Philip Deneau this week that, that caught my attention a little bit, and I'm, I'm going to explain why. Um, and, and this is a tweet from John Liu, and it, it has the direct quote from Deneau. We slipped a little bit in the, in the last three games. We had an identity early in the season, working hard, but we slowed down a little bit. We need to get back on track and bring more emotion to the game as well. Now, a lot of that, a lot of that statement, a lot of that, that uh, from a lot of that from Philip Deneau, I'm fine with. The one thing that I I have an issue with, what is the Montreal Canadiens' identity? That they're that they're a fast team. Lots of teams are fast. That's that's just the that's what you have to do in the NHL today. You have to be fast. That is an identity. That's that's a the style of play in the modern NHL. That's not an identity. They're deep. Other teams are deep too. What exactly is it that Montreal stamps their flag and says, this is what we do better than anybody else. These are the things, these are our principles that we have. These are the concepts that we have that we are going to do on a nightly basis because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it from the Montreal Canadiens. The one thing that I worry about is that the alternative to this just being a slump for the Montreal Canadiens, the goal scoring dried up, the defensive play isn't great. The one thing that I worry about is did the Montreal Canadiens benefit early because their conditioning might have been at a little bit of a better spot than everyone else and that everyone else's defensive schemes were not prepared for the speed with the, at which the Montreal Canadiens played with? Because I think that if you look at what's happened since that, Ottawa, since that series against the Senators, I think you're starting to see a team that is being understood, as you talked about it. Other teams are making adjustments. Other teams are a little bit more locked in on their defensive schemes, a little bit better conditioning at this point in the season than right out of the gate. So I think what you're starting to see is maybe the Montreal Canadiens coming back down to earth in a way that you expected, but also a concerning thread might be that maybe they just didn't really have an identity to begin with. Maybe they were just taking advantage of teams that weren't prepared and it's it's interesting that that it was Philip Deneau that the quote came from because what is Philip Deneau's identity? Uh, there's there's con- some confusion there. Um, he's he's given credit for his defensive play. We haven't seen it this year, no. uh, but he's seen <laughs> as a defensive specialist. Except he he disregards that identity. He wants to be the guy who scores. He wants to be the first line between uh, Tatar and Gallagher, and and he doesn't want that that moniker. So his identity is confused. Um, and and he isn't playing very well. Well, we heard uh, Mark Bergevin say the Canadians uh, this year are going to be a team we can play any way you want to play is basically what he said. Yeah. Um, but how about playing, as you correctly said, the Canadians need an identity. How about playing Montreal Canadiens hockey? How about uh, being really good at that? And rather than a confused uh, identity, being strong, being better than, than any other team, at your identity, uh, that would go a long way. Yeah. Uh, I think to to help focus the uh, the players themselves on what kind of team they really are. Yeah, and I mean, I think if you try to play the way that the other team is playing, you're always going to be at a disadvantage because they 
they put that system in place to benefit their talent. And if you try to just mirror that and play the way that they're playing, then it's, it's going to be a little bit more of a difficult proposition. But yeah, Rick, I think that when you look at this overall for the Montreal Canadiens, it's, it's starting to come back down to earth a little bit. We expected the goal scoring to dry up a little bit, but as you pointed out earlier this season and have continued to say, the defensive play has been the real cause for concern, and you wonder if, yeah, if maybe the Montreal Canadiens go out and get a puck mover to play on that left side rather than a guy like Joel Edmondson, who you sort of already have somebody similar to that on your roster already. I mean, it, it's it's an interesting thing to wonder if if things play out any differently with an, uh, with another puck mover back there because that was the thing that I, I was concerned about was that you're putting a lot of load on Jeff Petrie to be the one that can make the crisp outlet pass or move it with his feet. Uh, I think that Kulak, I think Brett Kulak has been fine in that regard. I think that even since the bubble, you know, he's he's been able to get into the rush a little bit more. He's not exactly the ideal guy, but he, he's got decent speed that he can join the rush every now and then. And then you have Romanov, who I think justifiably say it's it's fine. It's it's understandable that he might have a little bit of a dip in his play. But I think that that was just because expectations were far too high too soon for Alexander Romanov. But I think he's been fine as well. It's 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 and just a. It's an interesting thing to wonder. He'll get there. Uh, yeah. I think from what we've seen, I think he'll get to be that that puck mover, uh, yeah. physical, um, uh, good gap, um, but he, but he's not there yet. And, yeah. And I think that's the problem. And, and you know, Kulak is fine, but, um, <laughs> you know, he's he's not uh, not the guy that you want in your in your top four. So um I think if if there's an Achilles heel um that's where it might be uh for the Canadians so far um and um and the defensive play you know it's it it can't be stressed enough we saw the the Toronto Maple Leafs who you think of of speaking of identities you think of the Toronto Maple Leafs as this high scoring um, uh, team um, and they came in and played a solid defensive game. Yeah. And Sheldon Keefe said, um, you know, that he was really proud uh, because that that was the fewest number of scoring chances they had given up that that this season so far against the Canadians. Um, and he was proud of their defensive game. So it's something that they're working on. They f- they're focused on to be a more complete team. I think the Montreal Canadiens have to get there too somehow. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and yeah, it was a, it was a great effort from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and when you talk about defensive play, we pointed out the defenseman, but it isn't just, it's not just the defenseman. It's about what the forwards are doing too. And uh, certainly as you pointed out, Philip Deneau hasn't been living up to his, uh, his hype as a two way forward. One of the best two way forwards in the league that just has not been the case this season. And the Canadians need more buy-in in their own zone. uh, If they're going to turn this thing around. Um, But Rick, We discussed a lot right there in this big topic segment. So we will take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we have some more details about DraftKings and more. Stay with us on the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained and connected learn more about rsm its team and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com 
I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to episode 123 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Um, so, so Rick, coming out of that last segment where we uh, we certainly uh, touched on a lot of different fronts for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, at the top of the show, um, we addressed DraftKings. And, of course, our new partnership with the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, you use promo code THPN on DraftKings, and you can unlock uh, special. Uh, that, that that code can give you uh, different opportunities. And we found out this week, as you did, um, through sitting down with two of our very own, Amy Johnson and Mike Raschel, um, found out a little bit more about DraftKings and their daily fantasy. It's Rick Stevens with the Canadians Connection Podcast, and really happy to be joined by Amy Johnson, from our sister podcast, The Press Zone, as well Hello. as Mike, hi Amy, uh, <laughs> as well as Mike Raschel, uh, one of our contributors from All Habs Hockey Magazine. And uh, we've been talking about, uh, for the past couple of weeks, we're excited, thrilled to be part of the Hockey Podcast Network now. Um, we're, 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 we've been at this since uh, 2011 with podcasts, and we're happy to join up with other folks who are equally passionate and focused on on hockey. And also for the past couple of weeks, um, our podcast has been presented by DraftKings uh, with promo code THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network. And what is what is DraftKings? Um, can our listeners uh, tap into DraftKings? Can they use DraftKings? Um, and so I thought we'd spend a few minutes talking about the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. And since um, it's fantasy sports, and it's kind of the fantasy sports that you've all uh, uh, come to love, um, <laughs> I'd, 
I thought I'd bring on um, a couple of our most uh, uh, passionate uh, fantasy sports uh, enthusiasts, and that being both Mike and Amy. So welcome. Thank you for having us. It's good to be here. So, Mike, you, you kind of dove into the pond first and said, listen, I'm game. I'll try this uh, DraftKings daily fantasy sports thing. Um, and and you use the promo code THPN. And, and uh, what was your what were, what was your uh, experience with it? Yeah, hey Rick, thanks for having me. It's uh, yeah, it's been fun actually. I've seen the ads for DraftKings all over the place, honestly, in the last you know year or two, and I kind of had a rough idea what it was all about, but never never really dove in until uh, until we came on board with. Uh, and then once we had the sponsorship, I I was like, you know what, I need to give this a try. If we're going to be affiliated with it, I need I need to know what's going on here. <laughs> so yeah, I signed up. I put uh, put the promo code in. I immediately got uh, an extra five dollars onto my balance. So I started with a simple twenty dollars. Got an extra five added on right away, and yeah, I've been playing been playing daily for the past past week roughly. I think I missed one day maybe in between there, but for the most part, I've been playing daily and, you know, it takes a couple of minutes to set up. It all depends how much research you want to do. For For me, I was I was just entering sim- simple contests where you pick you pick a daily lineup and it added a little bit more, a little bit more intrigue to watching, uh, to watching your nightly hockey games. So you pick the contests that you're interested in. You're, you're able to filter by sport. If you're interested by hockey, you're able to sort by entry fee. So um, if you just want to dip your toe in, uh, you can get into this at quite a reasonable uh, price. And then um, you, you, you make your draft and, um, and uh, you fulfill your lineup by salary cap. Um, and uh, I guess the key there is finding value with daily fantasy hockey players. Yeah, exactly right. So you're, you know, obviously the more expensive guys are going to be the ones that uh, tend to perform night in and night out. So I think the key is to, just like regular fantasy, the key is to, you know, get get one or two of those guys if you can, and then fill out the rest of your lineup with players that you think are going to break out, that you think are going to have a good game. And what's really exciting is there's absolutely zero commitment. So if you feel good about one player going into into a game then by all means pick him for the night and who knows maybe maybe he'll pay off and if he doesn't you're not uh, you're not stuck with him by any means and we're not talking big sums uh here you can you can get in quite uh, reasonably um and uh and and it turns out it's a lot of fun is that right amy Absolutely. Uh, once I saw that uh, Mike was was having some some good luck with it and and was playing every day, I said, okay, you know, I'm on. I'm a, a you know, I I'm a, like to head to the casino, I like to do a little betting here and there, but I'd, I'm not usually like a sports book uh, kind of better. So once I realized that DraftKings, uh, you know, they've got separate things for sports book, but the daily fantasy was really intriguing to me. I've been playing fantasy sports for years now. Um, so yeah, I actually just signed up last night, went in, used the promo code THPN, uh, got the same thing uh, Mike did. You know, I got an instant, uh, bump in my, in my initial deposit. I, I went in $10 deposit, you know, it's, 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 you, it's not a big initial investment. And so I was like, okay, let me try this. I did a, a classic lineup last night, $4 entry fee. I woke up this morning. I had won eight bucks. So All I got right. my entry fee back and I made another four bucks. So tonight I'm going to try one of the showdown um, 
contest, which is you create a lineup just from players, two teams playing one game against each other. So it's tonight it's, it's, um, you know, two teams. I select, select that. And the cool thing is, as you said, it's not a lot of commitment. You know, there's, there's, um, 25 cent entry fees. There's, I mean, if you really want to stake a lot of money, you can do that, but there are tons of contests for, a dollar, two dollars, fifty cents, twenty-five cents. There's even a bunch of free ones. Um, and as you said, Rick, there's there's even there's everything under the sun. It's not just hockey. Um, and in in the free pools, I even saw today there is a wild weather free contest where you're basically picking whether or not certain cities around the United States will have a high or low temperature that All day. Right. So if you <laughs> something for everybody. Something for everybody, but uh, so this is this is our first uh, look at uh, daily fantasy sports from DraftKings and and Mike, Amy, uh, thumbs up so far for sure. I love it. Yeah, thumbs up for sure. I, I didn't win night one like Amy did, but I did win in the second night. It was uh, Jake Allen that carried me to a victory in that uh, somewhat uh, somewhat boring two one win over the Sens the other night. But hey, the DraftKings made it a little more exciting for me. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, so listen, um, for our listeners, uh, you want to download the DraftKings uh, app, uh, enter promo code THPN, you'll get uh, uh, an initial 20% in, uh, in for your initial investment. Uh, that's uh, the DraftKings app, promo code THPN. Uh, and uh, we're going to check in on this from time to time, but so far <laughs> it's uh, two thumbs up uh, from this crew. Love it. Well, that was fun. I was I was yeah. glad to have uh, an opportunity to to sit down and talk with them, and and uh, they were enthusiastic. Well, they they love fantasy yes. sports and fantasy hockey, <laughs> uh, as we know from our own All Habs League. But they were enthusiastic to uh, give a try to this uh, to to DraftKings. They downloaded the app. They use the promo code uh, THPN. We're so thrilled to be uh, now in a, a partner with uh, the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, and, uh, and it's fun to try out these, these new opportunities with DraftKings and with the promo code THPN. Uh, whatever deposit you make, you get 20% tacked on top of that. Uh, and uh, those two sound like they had a great time this week. Yeah, so that's going to be, yeah, you want to try something new. Obviously, you don't want to want to play within your limits, but yeah, try something new. Have some fun with it. It's going to be great. But Rick, uh, I think with that said, uh, we will wrap this up for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast as we talked about a lot today. We got into a lot sure of different did. subjects. Yeah. And and we, <laughs> we, we didn't get to a lot, too, because yeah. there's so much <laughs> happened this week. Um, you know, fans, one of the, one of the things I didn't have on my list in the last segment, problems with the Montreal Canadiens. I, I forgot to mention that it's all the fault of the reverse retro jerseys. Yeah, that's true. That's, that is I true. Should, they're Owen two with the reverse Just retros. Bad um, vibes. And a funny, funny, I thought, uh, that, uh, Julie Petrie, Jeff's wife. Yeah. Uh, let her comments be known. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, uh, she tweeted out, all right, I love our reverse res- retros, but I'm not sure we should wear them again for a game. Mm. So we, uh, and, and listen, a lot of people are saying they're, they're more street wear than they are. Uh, they look better uh, on the street, uh, on fans than they do on the ice. And, yeah. and, uh, and I just thought that was, and now listen, um, 
Uh, Julie Petrie and Angela uh, Price have, in the offseason, put together their own clothing company, uh, and they're promoting that as well. But uh, they, they have an eye to fashion. Uh, she says she likes them, but uh, is, I think, tongue-in-cheek, kind of blaming yeah. them for the, uh, <laughs> the, the losing streak. Well, listen, uh, a couple of years back, just briefly, we'll get to this. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, they, they wore, would wear red for Canada, for Canada, Canada Day. Day. Yeah. Yeah. And Ryan Goins, after a game, and the Blue Jays had a horrible record in those jerseys, and they would wear them on occasion. Like, they'd wear them more than just Canada Day. I think it was the 2017 season. might have been 150th anniversary. Yeah, that type right. of thing. So, anyways, <laughs> they had a horrible record, and Ryan Goins said, we're, we're throwing those things in, in the garbage. <laughs> we're not wearing those anymore. And they didn't. They didn't wear them anymore. And it was kind of a similar situation where you have a Toronto Blue Jays blue is in their name they're wearing red it doesn't make sense the Montreal Canadiens obviously they do have a history of wearing some blue jerseys but this is a bit of a different uh, situation uh, we'll see if it gets to that point so <laughs> I don't know we, if it will I don't know if it will either we've heard from <laughs> fans on our uh, all Habs uh, fan page on Facebook uh, about the jerseys uh, about the losing streak about a lot of different subjects and uh <laughs> Uh, if you want to be part of it, uh, make sure you go to uh, use your Facebook, uh, search for All Habs, all one word, uh, and uh, join the conversation there. Like the page and and dive right in. Also, if you're uh, sitting up at any time and you say, "Gee, I got a question, I got a comment," and you want to use our Rocket Sports text line, it's available to you 24 hours a day. You just have to uh, send your text to five eight five three Rocket. This is our fan engagement uh, segment, and we're always happy to engage with our fans, whether it's playing fantasy sports, uh, giving you opportunities there through DraftKings, or whether it's interacting with you on social media. Absolutely, and we love to do that here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Um, So, Rick, just one game that we're going to have to discuss when we come back next week, and it was against the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight, and we'll be teeing up a game next week that is against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we'll be right back in the same spot, <laughs> and uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Canadians come out uh, this game with a little bit of something to prove coming out of those two back-to-back losses. But uh, we should also say uh, happy Valentine's Day, and more yeah. Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, and we'll be back next week to discuss all things Montreal Canadiens. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> <laughs>